Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! gentlemen and welcome back to joygasm my name is russ xbox live toaster 360 and with me as always steve aka xbox live steveovich as we kick off episode 12 on this june 7th 2017 what's going on everybody it's good to see you steve good to see you russ how exactly is my bald and beautiful brother doing these days not bad, Russ. Just trying to uh, unlock everything in Overwatch before I fly out to Canada. Uh, Overwatch. Overwatch. Canada. It doesn't quite work. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> blame Canada. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do in Canada there, Steve? Mm, see the uh, lovely lady. Mmm. Sounds like it's going to be a big to-do. Mm -hmm. The little lady's all grown up. She's graduating college, Steve. Mm -hmm. Never know. I might be doing some uh, joygasm marketing while I'm out there. Right? Yeah. You never know. The man never sleeps, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I love him. Yes, about the show. Joygasm, yeah. Yeah, I bet you're going to have all kinds of joygasm out there. So what have you been playing? What have you been up to? What's new in the world of Steve? Nothing but Overwatch. I'm trying to maximize everything before I uh, before I take off. So you're trying to get all like as many loot boxes as possible. Yes, burning the midnight oil. Have you unlocked anything else since last time we spoke? Uh, nothing really cool. I've been giving me a lot of just the sprays. I got a lot of duplicate stuff. <laughs> like, oh my eyes! Uh, I told you I got the little Bastion dance right. Yes. Okay, so I think that was the last one. Um, I think that was it. Something cool happened today, though. Oh. I was playing Capture the Flag. Capture the freaking flag. And I was playing Bastion mm -hmm. instead of Torbjorn. And Those are your two go-to characters for Capture the Flag, I've well, noticed. They're, they're all about defense, Russ. Mm -hmm. Now... Uh, when Diva does her ultimate, mm -hmm. typically everybody's screwed who's not hiding for cover, <laughs> right? So you look up that at that exploding mech and you say to yourself, uh, nuts. <laughs> Back to the spawn point. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm tucked away in the corner mm-hmm. and I'm just offing people left and right. Like our defense was so good. This team, like, uh, Lucio was on the, on our, on our, on our team. And he was just like purposely dying for some reason. Like he just kept on jumping off the edge. It was really just five <laughs> on six. And it was pretty. Uh, he just kept doing it the whole match? Uh, uh, often. Yeah. Pretty the majority of the match. The Maybe he majority. was offering some sort of distraction. I know. Who knows? But I mean, it was funny because everyone kept on like saying stuff like yeah. acknowledge, 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 acknowledge. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Like we were just messing around and the other team couldn't do a single thing. And but anyway, so. They got tired, obviously, of me offing people, and Diva just peeks around the corner and does her ultimate, right? Mm-hmm. So the mech comes right over me. It's, it's standing right in front of my face. I'm like, well, screw it. I'm just going to keep shooting. <laughs> uh, and so I, I, kept, I kept going with the chain gun, and the thing blew up, and I didn't die. I have seen that happen sometimes. That's pretty gratifying if you can pull yeah. that off. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. I mean, I had like a sliver of life left, but I lived through the thing. Uh-huh. So I thought that was awesome. And I made sure to laugh at him, you know, and I know that (laughs) someone had to hear it. Uh, So that was cool. And then, uh, so everyone's just like having a ball. And we, we, it was like, it was, I think because of our messing around so much, having a great grand nifty time Mm -hmm. that they actually scored one. Otherwise they wouldn't have scored. And the reason they did is because, uh, Somebody got the the third flag and was just jumping around, just like you know, just ha ha, you got the flag, got the flag. Uh, showboating, showboating, yeah, getting us all a little bit more experience. And then they got a flag and scored, and then they were coming back for a second one. And we're like, all right, we'll just end it up. But, so you were actually on that side of the fence this time. Yeah, <laughs> finally, <laughs> man. Now was that competitive or was that quick nah, play? Nah, or? Yeah, I was just, I was just, that was just or arcade, 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 arcade yeah, capture yeah. flag. Duh, yeah. Have you been playing any more competitive since you got your your initial ranking? Um, no. Well, I think I did a little bit. I didn't. I, not that much, though. Um, not that much. I've just been doing capture the flag. Uh huh. Um, capture I'll, the flag is not a bad way to go. I, I definitely enjoy it. It's pretty fun. I like it, Russ. Uh, do you still play quick play much anymore? A little bit. Yeah, actually, I did a little bit of quick play. Um, I forgot who I was. Um, who was I? I think I might have been Farah. Uh, really? Yeah. Tried out the old Farah, I see. Um, something, oh, I didn't write it down. Something happened in Quick Play too, and I forgot what it was. Uh, I think what happened is we were on uh, Elios. Mm-hmm. Elios Lighthouse. <laughs> it's funny how often that map pops up and captures. Well, don't, you weren't even doing no, it. it was just Quick Play. It was Quick Play. It was Quick Play. <laughs> doesn't matter if you're on quick play or <laughs> capture the flag. It's like, oh, there's Helios again. You know what they need to make him with capture the flag, though? Clap, clapture the flag? Uh, yeah. When the did flag. you get to Knappa? Uh, <laughs> 1964, <laughs> yeah. surely. Um, is they need to make a Dorado map. Yeah, that's that one they don't work. even have in there. Anyway. So I haven't played that map. I remember when I first got that game and I, just, I always got the Dorado yeah. map. And Welcome now, to Dorado. Welcome back to Dorado. <laughs> like, again, we were just here. Uh, but it was more than just attack and then defend. It was like attack, defend, attack, defend, Dorado, Dorado, Dorado. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, back to the Elios. Elios. So a lot, a lot of folks know that there's a window up top. Mm-hmm. And... So I, being fair, I just flew up there and kind of aimed the rocket launcher down. I could see everyone kind of scrambling around like little ants. And so I just started <laughs> firing downward and it was just offing people left and right. And uh, even from afar, like when they, um, 
there's that middle part that comes through and then there, there you have the lighthouse mm-hmm. there, but you have the two sides. Also, we can kind of peek out with one of the balconies and that's where I was. And I was kind of rocket sniping all the way in there. Probably. I see you. <laughs> um, that was pretty, pretty close match. I think we still pull it off though, which was, was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's all the stories I have. That's it. So, so you've just been just grinding away at Overwatch. That's and, right. Well, I did notice you were playing a little more of the old bit heroes. Yes. Uh, I gained a level, one level. Hey, that's forward momentum. Yeah, not a 41. 41. Well, you're, you are still way ahead of me because mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know what level I'm at. I think I'm still stuck at like level 10 or something. I now have a mage ninja. <laughs> With chainmail. Let me tell you, <laughs> a mage ninja with chainmail is nothing to uh, scoff at. All kinds of badass right there. I'm not sure how you can remain quiet with the chainmail, <laughs> but he's a ninja, so it doesn't matter. Oh, boy. Well, on my side of things, I too... As I, you, didn't, I didn't ask, Russ. Oh, well, they I'm did. I'm just kidding. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, with Overwatch, I... Um, I did have actually. You were there with me. There, there was a, a fun moment there where we were playing capture the flag, and uh, it was just a stalemate the whole time. Like no one was able to get the flag on either side. And then uh, I think during the last about thirty seconds or so, uh, I was also Farah and was able to get the flag, and I had the entire team on the other side just running and gunning for me and whatnot. And uh, it was pretty. Actually, no, they were ahead. It wasn't a stalemate. They were ahead by one point, and uh, <laughs> I remember you were playing defense. You were Torbjorn, and like I were yelling at you on there on the headset. I'm like, I'm coming in, I'm coming in. You gotta defend me, and uh, just just doing what we're doing. And and uh, <laughs> my health was down to like yeah five or something because yeah. I was getting shot at. Yeah. I had like Roadhog uh, hook me, but then yeah. I like got caught on the environment so he wasn't able to finish me off how you normally do with, with uh, shooting once you grapple them. And yeah. I mean, just everybody was just on me, just, just doing anything they could to stop me. And uh, I was able to just, you know, turn off my afterburners and just drop down where you are. I'm like, protect me. Yeah, I went out there and I, and I saw three people, like the whole army going, oh, <laughs> you know, running. I'm like, oh crap. You know, it's either me lose, you know, sacrifice myself <laughs> and we score or like, you know, try and get cover and lose it all. So I was just like, okay, this is it, Matt. I just started spraying, mm-hmm. you know, ribbon gun everywhere. Spray and pray. Spray and pray style. And uh, so, yeah, I died, but we scored. And that's all yeah. that matters. Yeah, we, we, we didn't win, but it didn't matter. That was actually a, well, a fun I, moment of gameplay right Was it there. a draw? It was a draw. Oh, yeah. yeah, we were losing. Yeah. And uh, finally, um, we were able to, to kind of outmaneuver them a bit. But, I mean, it was, man, I... I haven't uh, had that close of a call in a while. Because, I mean, Farah, it's like you you have the ability to fly, but you're kind of a sitting duck. Like, you, you don't really have, like, the speed such as Lucio or, or Tracer or really even D.Va when you put on uh, her boosters. Right. Um, so it's it's kind of funny how you're just, you're kind of slowly but surely floating your way along. Um, but other than that, just uh, continuing to play with more Injustice. I just can't get enough of that game. My my diet, my gaming diet as of late has been either Overwatch or Injustice 2. And with Injustice 2, I've been focusing on some of the other characters. I've been trying to get more of the Catwoman gear, which unfortunately I was not able to um, score. They, they had on, on the multiverse section uh, one of the planets that was just dedicated to Catwoman. And... Um, 
they had like every epic piece of Catwoman gear available. However, you were fighting against characters that were like level 20 the whole time. So <laughs> Superman versus Catwoman, who's going to win? <laughs> and there, I, there was one night I was playing and it was on a school night. I had to work the next day, but I just got sucked in because I realized, you know, the countdown, uh, countdown timers for uh, the various multiverse planets the Catwoman one was down to only like seven hours left. And so I was thinking, oh my gosh, I've tried to, I got to try and get this. And unfortunately I was only able to get a couple of the items because everything else was, was super hard. I didn't go to bed till like five in the morning. Oh, good grief. Yeah. I got like about three hours worth of sleep and then oh. I stumbled into work the next day. Hey, I'm here. But like, it was a bit of a bummer because I could not get past that. And it was just because, um, my Catwoman character was just too low a level. And what I should have done looking back on it with my 2020 vision is um, I should have gone onto the battle simulator and done some of the other just minor story-esque missions and stuff just to try and get her level up. And that would have probably gone more in my favor, but I was just too stubborn. I was just, I, I was I was um, fighting Scarecrow, a level 20 Scarecrow, and he was just mopping the floor with me all the time. So... You know, I found that if I'm playing and it's getting late and I'm just losing, I have to stay up and win or else the <laughs> losing feeling is going to go with me to bed and I'm not going to get good sleep. But sometimes that could be hours. You know, back to Overwatch for a second. Overwatch. What's gratifying? You're, you're often Farah. Yep. Flying around. I am indeed. And Farah, we were talking about this couple nights ago is like Torbjorn's worst enemy because he can't fire in a straight line <laughs> and he's a projectile. So there's a little bit of a delay and his shot, it's not just uh-huh. a quick fire. And, and, and plus for a long distance, it's hard to, you know, shoot somebody or, or shoot Farrah. Uh-huh. But when I hear Farrah flying around, I'm thinking I better be Russ. I better be Russ. <laughs> you hear a little like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then, so I hear all these rockets going over. I'm like, oh crap! Like I'm, you know, I'm gonna get some. You're sweating here. bullets over yeah, there on the I'm couch. Like, <laughs> like Farrah's gonna come in. Like I'm the only one defending. You know, I hear all this destruction out there. I'm thinking it's gonna come this way, or they're gonna hold everybody off. One of the two. And then I hear those. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm like listening really intently on, on the microphone. You're like, got her. I'm like, yes. <laughs> like you had some ferret dog fight up there and you blew out, blew her out of the sky. <laughs> I'm like awesome. Area superiority achieved. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, uh, it, it was, it was good times. Actually, it's funny that you say that because in a lot of ways I dread fighting Torbjorn on the other team as Farah, because uh, you know, especially if it's capture the flag, I'll fly over there and Torbjorn has got his turret set yeah. up and that thing, right. it's, it's like, I have to focus on getting rid of the turret first. Otherwise I'm just, I'm shot out of the sky. Yeah. You, uh, you can get far enough away that it won't hit you. It's just you, when you reach a certain distance, I'm impressed by the distance that it can reach though. Yeah. Like there are times where I'm thinking there is no way that thing can see me. And then all it still does. And I'm yeah. just at that point, I'm at a disadvantage. I've actually found that, the closer I am to the turret, then the quicker I can dispense of it and then move on to Torbjorn wherever he is and, you know, if there's anyone else around. But, yeah, it, it, it does me a disservice the farther away I am. Right. And I just have died so many times just trying to get rid of that thing. Yeah. But I actually want to get back into playing more D.Va 
because I used to, I mean, as you know, right. when I first started playing, I mean, that was like my the character that I was just almost exclusively playing all the time. And, and, uh, <sighs> I think due, due to the anniversary skin, uh, it's, it's definitely piqued my interest again. and want to get back into it and just, just to kind of update my tactics a bit, just because they have changed the character around a lot. I mean, you've heard me talk about how I have some issues yeah. with some of the nerfing that, that has gone on with the right. character. Like at first she was, she was overpowered and now she's just, uh, she's a little too nerfed in my, in my estimation. So, you know, one, one match I did was, uh, was the, against the AI. And so, you know, you're, you're playing with regular team of people, but you're up against the computer. Mm-hmm. And that was another team with a bunch of screw looses, man. We were just like, I, I was in Yada, uh, trying to get, you know, better with him and everybody within the spawn points going, need healing, need healing, need healing, need healing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm just going to go with it. So I just started just saying it. I mean, we st- had this emote voice friggin' conversation about that whole thing. And it was on hard too, but it didn't matter. Like everybody knew, I don't know. It, sometimes it's impossible to, to do it, but other times it's just a breeze. Anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty funny. Well, our main topic today will be E3 predictions. And, um, and just in case you guys listening don't know, E3 is right around the corner. It's coming up this weekend. It's going to be from, I believe it's June 10th. Is June 10th this Saturday? I believe it is. I believe it is too. It'll be Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Those will be the the main days where they'll have all the press conferences. And so um, we'll be be getting into that in a bit. (laughs) We'll be getting into that in a bit. Um, But first, I think we should get into some news. What do you say, Steve? Let's do it, right. All right, let's jump into some gaming news. How about that, huh? Oh, let's take a little look-see. So, to kick things off, Death Stranding will not be at E3. And I don't know if you've seen this game, Steve, but um, Death Stranding is the, uh, the latest game from Hideo Kojima. The guy yeah, who, who you know, like you're solid. Exactly. Are you familiar with what happened with him, where how he left Konami and he started up his own company? Uh, I, I I knew he did. I, I saw an interview with him once, and uh, but yeah, no, go ahead. Well, anyway, he had left um, Konami and he started up his own company, and he teased his game at last year's E3 with some pre-rendered cinematics and stuff. It looks amazing. Like there there are tons of high production value, at least with what we were seeing. But um, creator Hideo Kojima has confirmed that Death Stranding will not be at this year's E3, unfortunately. He went on to Twitter and said, Apologies to our fans, Death Stranding will not be at E3 as we are fully focused on development. That said, Kojima himself will be appearing on... I'm just trying to say his name correctly. Geoff Kiley's E3. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. E3 Coliseum Show, which means we may have yet to learn some new details in interview form. It proves to be an interesting interview. He'll be talking to the upcoming Metal Gear Solid movie director, Jordan Vogt Roberts, which I didn't even know there was a Metal Gear Solid movie in the works, but that's pretty interesting. Hopefully it'll be good. Now, there's there's many good stories within video games that I think Hollywood needs to capitalize on. Yeah. Because Hollywood, when it comes up with a screenplay, some movies are good, um, but they're, they're struggling a bit. There's a lot of games that actually have very, very good stories. Yeah. 
Moving right along, Overwatch. Yeah. As if you thought that we wouldn't have any Overwatch <laughs> news for you. <clears throat> there are 24 Overwatch hero-themed PS4 and Xbox One controllers oh, coming out. get one. Sadly, they are not about to become widely available, but if you live in Europe, you may be able to win one. Who do we know in Europe? Europe. <laughs> Who do we know in Europe? We know, we know, we know people folks. Like, we know people in Germany. Yeah. Well, anyway, announced on <laughs> Blizzard's European blog, 48 of the controllers, there are both Xbox One and PS4 versions for each hero. That's uh, 24 plus 2 or times 2. I don't know. Man, it's not my strong point. Just, just square root of and you divide it by. <laughs> uh, anyway, the 48 controllers will be made available in a series of competitions. They'll be announced through Blizzard's official channels, such as the main Overwatch Twitter account and the Overwatch EU account. Um, but I'm a little bummed because, like, I, I took a look at some of the pictures of it, and like. The controllers look super cool. I bet they do. Like, I would be down for buying at least a couple, maybe even like bet four do, or five. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the Overwatch anniversary event is coming to a close and is finished up by granting players double experience this weekend. I was hoping you'd say that. If you were going to say it, I was going to say it. <laughs> the experience boost will also stack with group and internet game room bonuses, but will not alter the first win of the day 1500 XP bonus. Suffice to say... My weekend's looking pretty busy. Oh, my schedule just got all kinds of filled up. The extra experience points will start to accrue for players on all platforms from Thursday, June 8th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. And will conclude along with the event on Monday, June 12th at midnight. For those who are unable to dedicate the time to playing and unlocking their desired skins, there is a solution. All you got to do is moved to China, oh. where players will soon be able to purchase in-game currency with real money. I hear property's real cheap in China. They might look into that. Well, I'm curious about that because I'm wondering if they are going to have that be a, kind of a test bed to see how it's going to work because, honestly, I'd like to be able to purchase in-game currency with real money, too. Like, I mean, right now, you can only go on and just buy loot boxes right. and that's that's just kind of a randomizer yeah. you're not sure what you're ever going to get yeah whereas with this it's like yeah if, if i know i can go and use real money to buy some in-game currency then i that way i can actually purchase the legendary skins right and, you know that, that sort makes of thing. sense so we'll, we'll see how that goes hopefully uh blizzard's got something in the cards for that what'd be kind of cool too is if you have like for example i have some xbox money left over that I, you know, have on there from renting movies or whatever, and I don't know what I'm going to buy. I mean, yeah. You well, know, you, so. And you have, like, what, 8,000 credits on Yeah, yours? like a little, little 8,000 and then counting. Mm. Mm, not too shabby. I was trying to figure out what I'm actually going to buy, because I'm kind of like starting to give up that I'm actually going to get anything cool. I, I get emotes, which I'm thankful for the emotes, but yeah. going, I'm not going to get a legendary skin. One costs 3,000, next one costs 3,000, that's 6,000, that's uh-huh. going to leave me with you. <laughs> I'm actually curious, like, who holds the record for, like, highest gamer score? Well, not, it's not, excuse me, not gamer score, but highest amount of gamer credits in Overwatch. That'd be me. Uh, some, <laughs> something tells me that's not correct. You're looking at them. <laughs> Star Wars Pinball has been revealed. First gameplay video, high-res screens. IGN reported that Star Wars will be the next pinball machine released by Stern Pinball Incorporated. The latest in a series of recent games based on mega-hit TV shows and movies, such as like The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones. 
Stern Star Wars will be themed around the original trilogy, not the most recent films. So episodes four, five, and six, which is, that's fine by me. Those are my faves. In addition to some cool toys like an exploding Death Star and a hyperspace loop that sends balls flying around the perimeter of the playfield in a big wireform loop, Star Wars will perhaps most notably feature film clips and sounds from the movies on its two LCD displays. Of course it will. So, like, if you think about, like, like kind of the older school pinball machines, they had kind of more of that orange pixel look to everything, uh, kind of from that old dot matrix display. Um, Star Wars will actually feature one large screen on the back box with video game-like graphics and full film clips. This is the only, I think, third Stern pinball machine to have this new display feature. Um... Because I think they they recently released the Batman 66 pinball machine and the Aerosmith one, which I have played. The Aerosmith one was pretty fun. Yeah. Another smaller screen on the, the play field itself will interact with three targets below it. So Pinball is still fun. I like pinball. Oh, pinball. I, it depends on the pinball game. Did I ever tell you what my favorite pinball machine is? Terminator? No. Oh. My favorite one is Medieval Madness. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I just I love all the the VO acting and just just yeah. all the different little like mechanisms and toys and stuff on there. Like someday that, that's going to be one of my life goals is to be able to to get one of those pinball machines, you know, specifically Medieval Madness and be able to play it to my heart's content at home. Mm. <clears throat> Another little fun fact about the uh, Star Wars pinball machine: Stern Star Wars was designed by pinball veteran Steve Ritchie, who is known for his speedy gameplay and his great first name. <laughs> And you might recognize this. His previous games include beloved classics like Black Knight 2000, Terminator 2, oh, and wow. Star Trek The Next Generation. So Star Wars is in good hands, Dave. I actually put quite a bit in, into Terminator 2. I remember that, that one was, mm-hmm. was pretty fun. That was cool. And really, that's all we have for gaming news at this point, as everyone is keeping their hands or their, their cards very close to the chest and their moobs. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> Segwaying right on over to movie news, we actually have a plethora of movie news, Steve. Justice League, the movie, to feature both Hippolyta and Antiope. I hope I'm saying these names correctly, but the two women characters from Wonder Woman that we just watched. Uh, you know, AKA Robin Wright and uh, yes. the other lady, I can't remember the other lady's name, but the one from Gladiator. Oh, uh, uh, Connie Nielsen. Ah, thank you very much. In an interview with the LA Times, Connie, oh, there's it's in my notes. Nice. Keep reading. <laughs> in an interview with the LA Times, Connie Nielsen um, and Robin Wright teased that the upcoming DC ensemble film will include scenes of, once again, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, but Hippolyta. And Antiope, 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 it's gotta be Antiope. Um, <laughs> We're gonna get hate mail. I know, <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. Um, anyway, they got to do more in Justice League as well as sisters. Um, it's gonna be pretty badass, quote unquote. Wright chimed in to add that fans will see more of the story and some of the history. So that's actually going into kind of what that's we were discussing thing. in the previous Thank episode. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank Else- goodness. Elsewhere in the interview, Wonder Woman star Gal Gadot hinted at more to come from the relationship between Wonder Woman and her mother, which mm. once again, we were talking about that in our previous episode when we were going through the whole thing. We were talking about how 
would be nice to see kind of uh, the aftermath of her coming back, perhaps returning to the island, that sort of thing. <clears throat> I don't really care. As long as she's on screen, then I'm 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 paying attention. You're pleased as punch. <laughs> Uh, she went on to say, of course, the mother and daughter relationship is always a beautiful but complex relationship. I think that there's a lot more to explore. So, cool. I mean, I, that was kind of one of our concerns initially was like, okay, well, so just goodbye. Where are we going to see anybody? Yeah, and right. no, that, that's that's good. Plus the locale is gorgeous too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. give me more of that island. That, that island was, man. And once again, maybe we'll be able to see more of the different characteristics of the mm -hmm. island. You know, we got to see a bit of that that glowy water stuff that Steve was was getting healed I in. That, that you were that you were yeah. bathing naked, you shameless devil, you. Mm -hmm. Patty Jenkins not yet signed on to to direct. Oh, she will. Wonder Woman too. She will, Russ. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I think right now she's just kind of taking a well deserved vacation, putting her hands over her head, and just kind of going ah. Well, the movie's getting great reviews. I mean, I think a lot of people are unanimously thinking the same thing. Like, yeah. they, they love Gal Gadot. They love the way the direction the movie went. Uh, they, they they hate the bushy mustache <laughs> of the villain. I mean, everyone kind of is on the same page, but they want to see more. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, negotiations for Jenkins to return for the sequel will, will reportedly begin soon. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Jenkins signed a one-picture deal since this was her first time directing a big-budget studio film, which is apparently standard practice at Warner Brothers. Meanwhile, Wonder Woman star Gal Gadot has an option lined up for a sequel as part of her contract to star in multiple DC movies, which that doesn't really surprise me all that much. I figured they would probably try and lock her in. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the smart thing to do, especially with these uh, comic book movies, because you're going to have sequel after sequel after sequel. And the fans come back and spend money. Mm-hmm. Negotiations between Jenkins and Warner Brothers are reportedly scheduled to begin in the near future with Jenkins having more leverage, of course, due to Wonder Woman's critical and box office success. The director may not only return to helm Wonder Woman 2, but also sign a deal to work with DC Entertainment President and Chief Creative Officer Jeff Jones to write the script for the sequel and potentially other DC films as well. So it's interesting. I, I think that um, she's definitely in... in more than good standing with uh, the DC folks. And I'm sure they want to try and involve her in a bit more of the, the creative projects. Yeah. And yeah, way to go. I'm 100% I'm behind that. In the event that Warner Brothers greenlights Wonder Woman 2, the sequel will reportedly have a contemporary setting. So perhaps uh, instead of it being stuck back in World War One, World War Two, now we're going to go more toward the present day, kind of like right. where, where the, the first film left off. So. Got it. We'll see how it goes. And of course, due to the, the box office success, Wonder Woman grossed over $100 million in its domestic debut, which surpassed actually a couple of Marvel movies such as Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's uh, definitely doing quite well. It's one of the highest uh, opening weekends of uh, 2017 actually so far. I think I was reading about that. I don't know. <clears throat> the Yahoo Financials. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Oh, this is a little fun thing. I didn't actually find too much information on this, but it definitely piqued my interest. Disney has greenlit a sequel to Mary Poppins. Oh, they got a high bar with that one. Yeah. Mary Poppins is an all-time classic. I mean, that's, that's a very happy memory right there. I don't... 
That's it's a classic. It's a it's a household name. Julie Andrews can't go wrong with her. She did a fabulous job. Um, when I was able to find out was that I think Emily Blunt is going to be in the movie. I, I'm assuming she she will be Mary Poppins. Um, I, but again, you can check out more information in the latest Entertainment Weekly. I just happened to stumble upon that. Uh, but I thought it was worth uh, just kind of dropping in there real quick. Yeah, no, I, I Mary Poppins is still fun to watch even today with the singing and just the just the happiness and just the magic. imagination, magic. Yeah, I mean that's a high bar, man. <laughs> I don't know. And plus, you have Dick Van Dyke in there, yeah, you know, just just doing his little goofy, yeah. fun, silly thing. Yeah, yeah it was and some of the, the well, just about all the music in there. There was one song that was a bit creepy. It was when she was singing about some old woman who would feed the birds or something. And it was actually really tragic. I was kind of like, oh, this yeah. is taking a left turn down something or other. But other than that, like every song in there, I thought it was just timeless. Yeah. Moving right along. Oh, this one breaks my heart. $200,000 in merchandise stolen from largest Star Wars collection. Oh. An estimated $200,000 USD worth of Star Wars merchandise was stolen from Steve Sansweet. Once again, another Steve. What is with all these Steves? The great guys, Russ. It's getting to be a popular name. <laughs> Steve. Oh, there's Steve's in Wonder Woman. There's a Steve here getting his stuff stolen. It's everywhere. Anyway. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, apparently he's the owner of the world's largest private collection of Star Wars memorabilia. The collection, which he has accumulated over the last 40 years, contains 400,000 items in total, according to ABC7 News. You know what it's missing? You? No. Oh. A Star Wars security system. Yes. <laughs> you probably should have... Uh, <laughs> installed some uh, sort of Death Star oriented security system. Although the the security systems in the Death Star really were not that good. Nah, nah. Bunch of teenagers were able to get in there and uh, make mincemeat out of those things. So maybe that's not the best way to go. Anyway, uh, notable items include a $5,000 USD wind-up R2-D2, a $1,000 USD cardboard Death Star. Let me, let me repeat that. A cardboard Death Star that was $1,000. And every action figure that he's ever had. That's some expensive paper. Now, this guy lives in the Bay Area. Oh, what? The Bay Area collector says he began buying memorabilia because it was like bringing home a piece of the movie. He added, I didn't mean to have the world's largest collection. It just happened. Which, I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. But if you're a Star Wars fan, there are, I mean, I have many friends who have actually pretty impressive collections, too. Yeah. Um, you know, that reminds me of a quick story. Mm-hmm. Not even it's not really a story. When I was working in Marin County, San Rafael, uh-huh. there was a kid, a teenager, who stole a Lamborghini from the dealership. Okay. And everything was parked inside. This is like um, Gone in 60 Seconds style. Like he broke in there. Wow. And stole a Lamborghini and um, the alarms didn't catch him. The cameras didn't catch him. Um, I think some he was just seen showing off at a prom or something. The kid's like 17 years old. Wow. Anyway, probably the same guy. He's just <laughs> slick. <laughs> you may continue, Russ. Oh, oh uh, thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. Let's see. Of the 400,000 items, over 120 were reported stolen. 
Sansweet says he suspected the items were stolen by a trusted friend. This story just gets worse and worse. And his suspicion was seemingly accurate as that quote-unquote friend was recently arrested for selling stolen goods. Like, wow. I think the guy needs to go and uh, find some new friends. Someday I'm going to get in there and steal all your Star Wars goods, <laughs> you guys. You just wait. I'm going to get you, Steve. <laughs> Now, an interesting side note, Star Wars Mark Hamill caught wind of the story and took to Twitter to offer some advice on how to prevent the stolen items from being resold. He said, quote, maybe publish a list of stolen items to protect potential victims from purchasing, quote unquote, hot merchandise, said the actor, adding the hashtag, the fraud is strong in this one. <laughs> Dude, great. Well, I mean, at the same time, though, if someone sees something Star Wars they want and it's cheap and it's, you know... They're just going to buy it anyway. Yeah. Most likely. Who knows? The final story worth mentioning in the movie news is that Suicide Squad 2 should begin shooting next year. And that's a movie that um, neither Steve or I uh, really thought much of. We, yeah. uh, we we gave it a shot. We sat down and wanted to watch it. Margot Robbie is by far oh. and away the best thing about that film. And so I will probably actually go and see it again just because it's Margot Robbie in the sequel. Kind of surprised they're even making a sequel. Apparently, the, the movie actually did pretty well, and I think it's just because it was writing off of the success of the Christopher Nolan films, and even uh, with Batman versus Superman, that was also one that was going off of Man of Steel. I think there was just kind of that going. But there are fans, too, that just they swear by it. They, they really enjoy the film, so uh, I guess it just depends on just what your personal preferences are, but um in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Joel Kinnaman, who plays Rick Flagg in the DC film, confirmed Warner Brothers is currently working on the... What? <laughs> you said Rick Flagg. I thought of Ric Flair. Oh, wow. That was good old 80s. WWF Snap to Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Now I'm thinking of WWF. Where did I... I lost my place. You just distracted me, didn't you? Uh... Oh, so he confirmed Warner Brothers is currently working on the script for the sequel. As far quote, he says, quote, as far as I know, they're writing the script, and I think the plan is to shoot it sometime in 2018, but that could change. I think I'll definitely come back for it. David Iyer, who is the director, uh, he was rumored to be in talks to direct the upcoming Scarface reboot and was also set to helm the Harley Quinn spinoff. Uh, which, which they're tentatively calling just Gotham City Sirens. And that one I'm curious about because Margot Robbie is going to reprise her role as Harley Quinn. I'm not sure if they have cast anyone officially for Catwoman or Poison Ivy. Uh, but I'm just going to say right now, like, you know, if Megan Fox could be Catwoman, oh. that would be ah. pretty, uh, pretty amazing, pretty magical right there. Let's see. Earlier this year, actually, this is a final note on uh, Suicide Squad 2, Mel Gibson confirmed he has been in talks with Warner Brothers to potentially helm the Suicide Squad 2 movie. But there haven't been any updates since that time. But I that actually is kind of a bit of a curveball because yeah. a yeah, lot of the films that, that Mel Gibson has directed, I actually really have right. loved. I mean, Braveheart, you had yeah. We Were Soldiers. There was that one... Um, Aztec movie. Yeah, I was, th I was trying to think of the name of that one too. Yeah, a, lo a lot of the movies, even The Passion of the Christ, like all, all of the, the films that he has directed have been 
good films. So I'm, I think that this would be a little bit different for him just because this is more of a comic book film. It's not something that is, uh, I mean, a lot of the films that he does tends to have quite a bit of violence in them, but they're, it's kind of categorically different, I suppose you could say. So in any event, that is the end of movie news. However, for the very first time on Joygasm, we actually have technology news. And in this case, it's in the form of Apple's WWDC keynote. WWDC. So this is something that um, we're, we both ended up watching this. And did you have any initial thoughts off the top of your head? Just how you thought the show was overall? Um, narcissistic. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really get away from that. Like, just about every Apple show, it's kind of like, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. Yeah, aren't we? I, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Change your life. <laughs> so I, I wrote down some notes here from it, and the biggest thing that stood out to me was iOS 11, which I think that's kind of what stood out to you as well. Yeah. Um, it definitely has some noteworthy enhancements. So I figured I could just go down this list here and, and see what you thought. But Probably have the same list I do. Uh, the first one I have is Apple Pay. Yeah. Allows for person-to-person transactions. And that's actually a pretty notable announcement just because mm-hmm. it's definitely going to impact companies such as Square for online payments. I don't know. Have you heard of Square? I sold it, Russell. <laughs> but no, I don't know anything about it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know they went... Did they go public? Uh, I know they were talking about it, but I, I stopped looking, so they uh, may have- okay. You were just being facetious. (laughs) Anyway, uh, certain uh, companies like Square early on, you know, they were touting how they were able to to be able to send money from person to person through email and that sort of thing. And this really, I think, is going to be a disruptor for them. Did you have any thoughts on that? And what I I didn't hear them say, um, does that you just kick you again? You're playing footsie with me, Steve. (laughs) How you doing? I'm a little conflicted. (laughs) I didn't hear them say anything about if there was going to be a finance charge. Because that is a good question. Yeah, because um, and that's how a lot of banks make money, and that could be a, a side way for Apple to make money. But if it's all Apple Pay or it's Apple Credits, technically, you know, like there kind of shouldn't be if it's all within the Apple system. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. I'm, I imagine they are going to have something in place just because. I mean, Apple's got to make money somewhere. Oh, they know how to make money, Russ. They do indeed. Anyway, Siri now has both a female voice and a male voice, which I thought was interesting. Did you see that part where they they demoed the male voice? I thought they always had a male voice, though. Maybe it was just in different areas, because I remember people showing me a male voice on Siri before. I, I was like... You know, I think they might have a male voice for their Apple Maps app. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But Siri, I think, has always been female. Yeah. So, but I I might be mistaken on that. I'm not sure. Um, But the other thing that was worth noting too was the fact that Siri can now translate what you say in English into Chinese, French, German, Italian, and Spanish, which is fantastic. That's phenomenal. I mean, just breaking down those those communication barriers. I know that like like if I have to go somewhere for work and it's out of you know state or even out of country. Um, that is going to be a tremendously helpful tool. And, it's, and it makes sense for a phone to have that in a way because you always talk through the phone. So why not, you know, communicate in a different form mm-hmm. through the phone? And it's going to give some other apps a run for their money too. Yeah. Because, you know, like Google Translate or a couple of the other ones that are out there, those work 
fine, I mm. guess, but this is default software. Yeah. Yeah, no, it just it's it just works hand in hand considering the fact that the the phone is a communication device. Mm-hmm. They are beginning to support HEVC, which is H265 um and, and just, you know, from, from a video standpoint, H.264 has been kind of the, the standard for a lot of the video codecs and whatnot. I thought it was interesting that they are now starting to support this particular codec as well, because typically it's used for like 4K resolution. And I think moving forward into the future, I think it's probably going to eventually just overtake H.264 because all the screens just keep getting higher and higher and higher. I mean, we're going to be having we're already at 5K. I think they're going to be debuting 8K in the not too distant future. So it makes sense. Other notes, uh, Apple is beginning to copy features people have been enjoying on Instagram. I don't know if you noticed this, but like they were going through some of like the um, filters and, and the video yeah. loops and the playing yeah. the videos forward and, and in reverse. And, and yeah. I was thinking, you know, Instagram has been enjoying that for at least the last couple of years. So it's I thought it was worth noting just because Apple tends to be um, kind of in this this. Uh, situation where like they, they like to push being on the, on like the cutting edge of technology, but at the same time, they've kind of traditionally always been kind of the last to the party because they, they want to try and get it right. Well, yeah, they, they try and make it perfect before they bring it out. Right. Yeah. And once they bring it out, it's great, but I mean, they're a year or two late to the party. Yeah. But it's always kind of funny how like when they introduce a, a piece of technology like that to the, the crowd, it's kind of like, yeah, check this out. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, that's. I'm glad that you have that. <laughs> I think the perfect example of that uh, specifically is the camera because uh, you know I, I've sold all these phones for almost four years and comparing them on a on a daily basis, uh, the, the megapixels always went up with the Droid phones, but they always stayed relatively down with the Apple phones. But mm. the pictures still were really really close. And then Apple goes, okay, we're going to bring out um, aperture. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna increase the aperture, and then right. suddenly, like Samsung and everybody else started lowering their megapixels and thinking, okay, we've got to think about lighting because obviously there's more two pictures than just megapixels. Yeah. So anyway, let me see here. A new feature that mimics prolonged exposures for elements such as water is now possible, and that I thought was pretty sweet because they had that that photo up there of them taking a landscape shot and it had like the flowing river. And just with a just a tap of a button, suddenly you can emulate just what traditional cameras can do if you hold like a, a prolonged exposure and just have that nice kind of flowy sure. motion blurred look on the water. And uh, I'm sure many photographers around the world look at that and they went, dag nabbit. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing, actually, one of my favorite parts of the show was augmented reality. And there was that, that one part where um, there was some company that, that was working on something and they they showed like using like an iPad and a tabletop and they had like this Unreal Engine 4 game demo going on. Did you see that part? Yeah, I did. Like that to me that has massive potential for like rich immersive gaming experiences. Like I, I was just thinking in my head as a gamer like 
that would be really fun to do. Like just you're sitting in your family room or you're at their kitchen table and that all of a sudden your table then becomes the stage mm-hmm. for the game you're playing and being able to, you know, like, like for instance, sure. like, imagine like, like a 3d version of clash of clans. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or like any other kind of like real time strategy, top down isometric type of game. Or if you, if you're able to play something that perhaps would be more like a third person perspective of some sort, I mean that, I think that there are some, some, pretty tremendous possibilities with that finally on my list here i also wrote down that um the multi-file select feature is pretty convenient i don't know if you saw that as well but like just i liked how you were able to just click and hold on or tap and hold excuse me on a particular file then you could just kind of tap with your other hand and add a bunch of other files and then be able to move all of those together in one i thought that was that's been a, kind of a it's long time, time coming yeah, yeah. Kind of a no-brainer, but I mean, really, it's about fun. Now, how about you? They, th- th- that was about all the the notes I made from yeah, the show. Yeah, I made most of those too. A couple other things that I noted was um, that Siri kind of learns about your behavior based on where you go, where you shop, where you surf on the net. Big sister. Yeah, big sister's looking out for you, uh, and she'll <laughs> start giving you suggestions on uh, basically what you might like based upon what you've already done. And they made a thing in, in the conference to say that. They're not stalking you. They're not tracking you. This is only going to be between you and your device. I'm like, yeah, right. how true is that? Like, yeah. you know. It's um, cool, but it's also concerning. Yeah, you know. Um, let's see. Um, back to the camera for a second. They were also talking about, like, the colors and um, about different portraits and stuff, but they didn't mention how it's going to be on other phones. Mm-hmm. But they mentioned the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus. So... At, in the beginning, I'm thinking, okay, well, I mean, is my camera going to get better because it's going to have better software? You know, yeah. it's yours. Um, they didn't mention the other models except for the 7. So I thought, okay, eh, probably not. You know, it's kind of yeah. a downer, but uh, whatever. Um, all the reason to upgrade. Uh-huh. That's when the time comes. They make you do it either way. Keep them coming. Um, but they did do some expanding stuff with the 3D Touch also. So if you don't have a phone with 3D Touch, uh-huh. then you can't do any of that. But they did do some customizing within the control panel, which, again, is a no-brainer, but it's about time. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool, too. Um, the last thing is uh, they have this... Uh, they expanded AirPlay. Okay. And so if you have different audio devices connected to your phone... Another thing that's a long time coming. This was back in my Magnolia days. <laughs> I mean, we had this uh, Sonos, uh, this this thing, this uh, Sonos, that connected to your phone via Bluetooth, and you can connect and you can uh, control multiple rooms and what sounds can wear and the volumes. And that was a while ago. That was yeah. almost ten years ago. And now Apple's just making it part of the Apple world with AirPlay. But I thought, again, late to the game. Yeah. No one else is really doing it, but. The nice thing about Apple products, I will say, is the fact that just about everything I've used it is very user friendly. Like, oh, it just sure. works. Yeah. And so I, you know, on the one hand, I, I, I will tease Apple just because there are there are certain features that they have finally included in whatever uh, platform that that they're showing off. Uh, but at the same time, secretly, I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm pretty positive that they're going to be working just fine. And it yeah. just, <laughs> I wish that uh, Windows had a bit more of the, some of the, the user friendliness that uh, some, some of the Apple products have. So with all that said, Steve, I say, let's go to our topic of the day. What do you say? Sure thing, Russ. Unless you want to talk about our WWDC. 
But yeah, yeah. Eh, I think we can cover it. No, get on that. I think it's you know the, the WWDC is always kind of the lead up to their big show, which usually occurs like in September or something. And that's yeah. I'm, you know, with that show, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next iPhone is going to be. My my prediction is that due to the fact that I think it's going to be like the 10 year anniversary of the iPhone, mm-hmm. they will probably have something. There's got to be something, yeah. some sort of killer app for the phone yeah. uh, to be able to commemorate that. Well, what I'm hoping they'll finally do, because this will be revolutionary, is, and I don't, you know, I don't want to get out too off topic, but they have been uh, researching Sapphire Glass for the longest time. You've been keeping tabs on the Sapphire yeah, Glass. I, well, I think it's a great idea. Because Sapphire is on your home button and uh-huh. it's on the lens, but that's it. But the thing with Sapphire is that it's very durable. All the high-end watches have it. Rolex has it on their face. But you can, you can make the Sapphire Glass solar. And so all these phones, the weakest link is the battery. And you're always looking for ways to either fast charge the thing. You or, are you the know, weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, if you're always on your phone and it's kind of a trickle charge or some more, you know, charge, no one else is doing that. So mm. I, I would hope they would be doing that. I think they're also going to bring out the, um, oops, <laughs> that's uh, punk. You just punched our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> the, the split window multitasking that they had for the iPad. Right. Yeah. I, I'm almost positive it's going to come out for the phone. Because the iPad and the phones are so intertwined, they're you, really close. Do you think that they're going to actually have the real estate for that from the phone? Because the, the tablet maybe, makes sense because it's maybe obviously just a larger screen. Maybe but. just for the plus. And the reason I say that is because some of the like the the Samsung Note, uh-huh. it has it. Okay. And so those two kind of you know they go back and forth. And, yeah. The only other thing that was of note of that show was the HomePod. And I'm a little bit critical of that thing. I would need to see that in person. Well, I need to see it plus hear it. Because, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I would need to be like in person to be able to experience that per, that peripheral, just because. Yeah. Again, I don't. I, I'm not. Yeah, I. I don't, I'm reserving judgment on that. Yeah. It definitely made me go, huh? Okay. Two. Th- the, the, the what I'm thinking of is a. It's small, mm-hmm. and with a small speaker, you're going to get either loud sound, but you're not going to get quality sound, and the price point. It's like three hundred. 50 bucks or something like that. That's mm. more expensive than Bose, which all they do is sound. I wonder if you'll be able to do more with it or is it just going to be just dedicated to sound? Most likely you'll be able to do a little bit of just Siri features. Hey, can you look up this, that, and the other, and it'll talk to you. And that's why I'm wondering if like it's going to be kind of a direct competitor to like Alexa. Yeah, I think that's what it's for. But again, 350 bucks. A lot of people don't spend that money on small speakers. Yeah, Apple people are kind of their own breed though. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Going yeah. on to oh, the <laughs> topic of the Dizzle. Uh, E3 begins this Saturday, June 10th, which is one of our favorite times of the year. Indeed. Our plan, our master plan here at Joygasm, is to upload a podcast each day. There is a major press conference. They will contain the press conference along with our comments as we watch it live so you can hear our reactions to everything shown. So it's almost like you're with us, but you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> At least not until you tune in. Yeah, exactly. The plan is to upload the podcast the same day as that particular press conference is covered. So you should be able to listen to each one on the following day. So um, 
there is a chance that, that you may be able to listen to it earlier if the server allows. It's just going to depend on when it drops and it just appears and boink, oh, okay, I can listen to it. So the schedule currently, as of my understanding, is that Saturday will be EA Games. Then Sunday will be Microsoft and Bethesda. Monday will be Ubisoft and Sony. And then Tuesday will be Nintendo, which Nintendo actually will not be at the show per se. They're just going to do a Nintendo spotlight. They, they've been kind of bowing out over the last two or three years from E3. So hearing you say Nintendo makes me think of that Nintendo cereal commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo. Nintendo. It's a cereal. Wow. Nintendo. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's an oldie. And not so much a goodie. <laughs> I wonder what it tasted like. I never tasted it. It's probably just like cornflakes or Rice Krispies or something like that, most likely. I don't know. I <clears throat> just kind of, man, I'm, now I'm hungry for cereal. I think that, that, that dumped as soon as it launched. <laughs> I mean, I always saw it there for like maybe a season and then it was gone off the shelf. <laughs> I don't remember. Now, in terms of the schedule for Joygasm and E3, Steve will be with us for Saturday and Sunday. But as we mentioned earlier in this program, he will unfortunately not be able to join us on Monday or Tuesday as he will be up in Canada for his girlfriend's college graduation. Land of the Canucks. Being the loyal boyfriend, boy toy (laughs) that he is. However, I, Russ, your humble hostess with the mostest, will trudge on. I hope, until, you're not a, I hope you're not a hostess, Russ. I hope you're just a host. Well, I might be on the inside. You never know. You haven't transitioned yet, have you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll be uh, still here by my lonesome until Steve makes his triumphant return back to the States. You know, you can just get like a... Uh a little paper plate with a popsicle stick behind it. Put me a picture with, you know, big grinning face. <laughs> totally <right here>. should. <laughs> You'd have something to look at and like, laugh. you think it's pretty funny. Um, uh, moving on. And like, You're pretty quiet today, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> or just do like a Wilson, like right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you come back. I'm like all like disheveled and like have like this like crazy long beard and whatnot. You're like, I was only gone for four days. What happened? Yeah. What are you doing with this volleyball, Russ? I toss it. You're like, no. Yeah. A mental break. <laughs> Down. <laughs> so I guess we're on a break. <laughs> <laughs> so diving into uh, the E3 show itself, I'd like us to share which announced games we know will be at the show and are and that just excite us the most. Do you uh, have any games off the top of your head that you know have been announced and that you are quite excited about there, Steve? Actually, I, I haven't been looking at what's been announced. I just want I like to think about it oh. and dream of what may be. Well, I can I can lead off, actually, because I, I took down the, some little notes. Oh, oh, great. Well, like, let the cat out of the bag, Rush. Let me, <clears throat> let me compare with what I, uh, <clears throat> uh, with what I fathom. <laughs> First and foremost, Steve. So we know that Destiny 2 is probably going to be all over the place. Destiny Dose. And that, that's a game that, you know, we had our uh, buddy old pal Nick Rose, a.k.a. 12th Moose, on the show. And he was very generous and patient with us, you know, giving us the lowdown on the initial Destiny game and then as well as, like, the, the latest news from the L.A. show. It'd be cool if they have some, like, Destiny cosplayers 
at this at the time of the event. You know, walking, yeah, they oh, will. That would be pretty cool. Okay, go on. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that because as I've talked about um, on numerous occasions, I'm ready to make the plunge. I want to see what all the hoopla is about with Destiny 2. So it's definitely one that I'm looking forward to seeing more gameplay footage because as of right now, I've seen mainly just kind of pre-rendered cinematics and whatnot. So looking forward to that. The other game I'm really looking forward to seeing that's been announced is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Right. I have the first Battlefront game and really enjoyed a lot. It was interesting because it was not as deep of a game as, say, like Halo. Um, Just unfortunate. Or Overwatch. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a bit more shallow. But at the same time, it was like they did such a good job of creating the environment, the world of Star Wars. I mean, I just, I still had a, just a great time, you know, just running amok throughout the various levels and just seeing all the character models, animations and whatnot. So, and apparently in this one, they've, they've really started to, to push more of the story elements. Like that was one of the biggest issues mm-hmm. I had with their first game right. was that there was no like single player story campaign at yeah, all. It was just was, specifically multiplayer. Specifically why I didn't buy it. Well, and see, if you think about it, like EA was going through a bit of that trend during the time. Cause like you had star Wars battlefront that came out. You also had, Titanfall come out and once and I bought both games thinking that there would be a single player story element or feature to it and they just completely gutted it it was both of those games were just multiplayer only and I think that they've gotten enough feedback from the gaming community where it's like okay we need to actually include this because both Titanfall 2 and Star Wars Battlefront 2 will have some sort of story. I mean, well, Titanfall 2 is already out. I've actually started to, to play through the, the, the single-player campaign. But when it comes to Battlefront... Oh, we keep hitting these microphones tonight, don't these we? These microphones get in the way. <laughs> um, anyway, they, they're going to be um, adding additional heroes to it. Like I saw Darth Maul, and he just looks badass. Um, I want to play Darth Maul. Yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> I think uh, there'll be some sick satisfaction out of that one. Another villain that was awesome that they killed in the first They movie. killed off way too early. I wanted to see him yeah. throughout the whole trilogy. Was, <laughs> I'm not going to go on there. <laughs> it's a pet peeve. In any event, though, I think the game um, is going to be really cool. I'm very excited to see that. You know, another game that I'm, I'm excited to see, and I, and I believe they'll be showing, is Sea of Thieves. That's one game that I had down, yeah. Yeah. That game, I'm conflicted with it because when they first announced it, uh-huh. it looked great. I mean, ever since I, I finished Assassin's Creed Black Flag, I mean, what other game like it is out there for next gen? There's right. Nothing. And that and the game was so fun. Yeah. And so you see Sea of Thieves and it's all next gen graphics and then with the waves and the water and everything like that. And it looks fun. It looks funny. Mm-hmm. Um but everything that I've seen on it since, it just looks like another kind of multiplayer, no story, just kind of get together and find treasure and and blow each other's up. I mean, like, it just, I hope there's something more to that game. I'm sure there is just because the developer is rare. And yeah. They, and they're known for injecting, like, a bunch of personality yeah. into their games. So I, I still have high hopes for it. I'm excited to see it. It will be a letdown if for, for whatever reason they kind of pooped out on the gameplay. But as of this recording, I'm I'm very much excited to see what they've been working on because it's been at least two to three years, yeah. something like that. Well, they announced it, and at the, at the same time, another company announced uh, ReCore, and I was thinking those two were going to come out at the same time. Yeah, I think Capcom did ReCore. Yeah, and then Re- yeah, ReCore came out, and I thought, okay, well, when's Sea of Thieves? Like, where, where is this game? Mm-hmm. So that, that yeah, I, that's... 
I hope they uh, knock it out of the park. But um, another, the final game I had written down that I'm excited about for seeing that's been has been announced is the next God of War game for PS4. Mm. I saw a bit of a a brief gameplay. It was kind of a quasi gameplay demo, but not um, at last year's E3. Game looks legit. I mean, just just the graphics on that thing, and just the fact that it looks like it's very much in line with kind of like Horizon Zero Dawn, which I'm still to this day playing. I'm you know I'm ping ponging back and forth between the PS4 and Xbox One. I you know speaking of it, I really do need to hop back in and keep going because yes, I just, you do. You need I to just, stay up till five a.m. more often. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, in terms of of the games that that I am aware of that have been announced, those are the ones that really stand out. And I'm most excited to, to see more of. Did you have any other games that I uh, failed to mention? Um, I think Final Fantasy VII. I'm, I'm hoping to see. Okay. I mean, that would, it would make sense if it was there. I mean, they've been talking about it for a long time. Yeah. It's getting close. I, I would I would expect them to bring that out. Um, and maybe another Final Fantasy. Actually, I think they are coming out with another Final Fantasy game. I just hope they remake some of the older ones because it just seems to me that the newer ones all look exactly the same. I mean, mm. the graphics get better, but the style is identical to all the like the last seven. Mm. Anyway. Well, the Final Fantasy VII game remake, it, I might even pick that up. I've never even played a Final Fantasy game. You've always been the Final Fantasy player. and Right. Just looking at it, I was like, well, that... <laughs> It looks really good. Yeah. I mean, seven was, was great. Eight was fantastic. And even nine was good too. And each of those games had different styles to the gameplay. Mm. I completely different, but since then from 10 on, they've all just been kind of the same. I mean, different locales, but a lot of the weapons, a lot of the characters, uh, a lot of the expressions and emotions in the game, a lot of the story, it's pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. I can go into what I'd like to see. Well, go right ahead. Well, are, are, I, no, are, no, are these, are these what you'd like to see or are I would, these? But I would like to see. Okay. I, don't, I mean, I, like I said, I've done no research on what it's actually going to be there. Mm-hmm. What, what's going to make me happy is if <laughs> dot, dot, dot. So are these going to be, are these more your E3 predictions or is this more like just what you would like to see? This is just wish list. Okay. Yeah. Um, what I would like to see. Because uh, predictions, I mean, I don't. I, I like to stay away from predictions only because it just sets me up for failure, Russ. You know, if, if I want to see, you know, if if I predict something happens and, and it doesn't happen, it just feels like I freaking failed. <laughs> <laughs> so you do realize no one's going to hold you accountable for this. Yeah, I'm I'm my own worst critic. I know, <laughs> but so what I what I'd like to see is um, obviously Red Dead Redemption. Mm. I, I'd like them just give us another teaser, another taste. Just give us a picture or just like something. Just give me a freaking taste. Yeah. Love me some Red Dead Redemption. I mean, you know, I mean, if Red Dead is even there, they're going to steal the show. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I can go on. Um, I, I predict that that actually in terms of like just the predictions, I predict that they will have some, they, they will show something. I think I, I, I would hope Rockstar has a presence period there because Rockstar is a mm-hmm. Rockstar. Um, but speaking of which, GTA 6 would be awesome to see. When What year did GTA 5 come that was out? a while ago. That was a while ago. Was that like 2012? No. 
2013? I think it was around 13. No later than 14. I mean, it, it's definitely aged, and there's no more DLC for it. And I, mean, oh, I did hear that they're, they're actually going to drop some sort of online DLC pack. Maybe. Okay. Um, but that might, might just also hold people over until the next game comes out. Right. Um, but it's been out for a while. And that game also was one of those ports where they just made it, you know, high definition for all the next gen systems, but it wasn't really truly a, a, a next gen game. Mm-hmm. I want to see the next gen GTA. Well, you, we might be able to see something. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned Sea of Thieves. What else? Oh, I want to see Cyberpunk so bad. Oh, that's right. Man. I didn't even have that game written down. Yeah. yeah no. Lee, I want to see Cyberpunk so bad. I really hope they have something. It's, oh. What I also wish to see i want to see a half-life three i want to see a half-life three i mean valve hasn't done much beyond like the portal stuff Mm -hmm. half-life two was redonkulous it was so even even they brought like a 2.5 out that i enjoy playing too i mean if they brought a half-life three out next gen graphics i mean that would be so cool. Valve is another one of those those companies such as Rockstar where they really take their time with the games and they can afford to do so because every game that, that they release is just some critically acclaimed hit. You know what else would be cool, Russ? And I have no life, so sometimes I just browse around on YouTube and everything, <laughs> whatever. So one thing that caught my eye and my ear mm. was that Rocksteady mm-hmm. was congratulating the developers on Injustice 2. Uh, otherwise known as NetherRealm Studios. Mm-hmm. By sending them a cake with Superman on it. Mm. Wouldn't it be kind of cool to have a you know Arkham City style Rocksteady game, DC character, name something, but could be Superman mm-hmm. next gen. I mean, get excited. How in that dude. Yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah. I actually had that written down too, as, as uh, I, I was thinking, what if they were to do like a justice league game? Yeah. Yeah. And <sighs> see Rocksteady actually hasn't really come out with anything. They had uh, like a, that Batman experience for the PS4 virtual reality, but that was like a 15, 20 minute long game demo. That wasn't even like a full fledged game. So yeah, I'm very curious to see. And they said that they are not working on, on a Batman IP. It's going to be something else. And I'm just thinking it's, it's, it must be still within the DC universe. So yeah, that would be interesting. The only final thing I would like to see is, um, I'd like to see them compare some of the systems together, like, you know, Microsoft uh, with their Xbox One and mm-hmm. the One S. You know, mm-hmm. I, I haven't, I don't have one. You don't have one. I mean, I've never seen some of the next-gen games between the systems. I mean, why should we go out and buy an Xbox One S? Like, I want to see it. I want to see the difference. So the main thing with the Xbox One S has to do with um, the fact that it, that it's it's 4K enabled. Right. So if you have a 4K TV, and then they I think they they have a, a larger hard drive in there, and and um, I think they give you maybe a little bit more memory, but it's it's mainly designed to be able to take advantage of more of the the, the newest television sets. True. But um, I mean, even like with with my 4K TV, it, it's absolutely fine with this Xbox. Hmm. I mean, maybe I'm just don't have the discerning eye, but you might be able to go to like. Uh, GameStop or 
so like Best Buy or something, you know, that, that I'm sure they have like a side-by-side comparison of the two yeah. systems so you can get kind of a better idea of, of what it is. Either way, I, I think Microsoft really has to pull a lot out of the bag on this one. I, I, I have this feeling that, that more people were looking at PlayStation stuff in the last couple E3s, mm-hmm. and I really want Microsoft to come out swinging. Not, so, not that I'm against Sony or from, by any means, but I just I would love to see Microsoft come out swinging. I remember last, uh, it wasn't last year, but when the I think it was 2013, right when when the Xbox One came out. Right. They um, they made some some pretty fundamental mistakes yeah. with that launch, right. and it cost them because the PS4 um, yeah. was out was out selling the Xbox mm-hmm. One. Uh, by a pretty comfortable margin. Since that time, the the systems have gotten closer and closer. I think the PS4 is still slightly outselling the Xbox One, um, and hopefully, the Microsoft was able to to sit down and really go, okay, we cannot afford to do that again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really curious. I think that the Xbox Scorpio mm-hmm. will be something that is definitely. I th- I think that for me is like like the biggest item on the, the must see list and just based off the specs that they've provided that you could tell they've been doling it out. They've been teasing out just what the, the guts of the system, you know, consists of that sort of thing. I think the big thing for me is what kind of killer app game are they going to show off? Cause you know, they're, they're going to have to show mm-hmm. off a handful of, of titles in order to, to get the, all the, the hype machine going and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I'm pretty sure they'll probably have a fourth game because you know that, that's kind of one of their reliable first party titles but other than that i don't really know from a first party perspective anyway just what they're going to have lined up because we already know that that um 343 said there, there will not be a halo game at e3 so that's out and i really don't know of too many other first party titles that um Microsoft really put pushes out there. So then at that point, it's either they've got some sort of exclusive deal with a third party to be able to develop something kind of like what they did with Crytek and rise uh, for Xbox one. There you go. Wish list rise to, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see how it's going to turn out, how it's going to look because I'm, I'm, I'm just a graphics whore like that. Just slut, Russ. I am. I don't tell you that enough. You're a slut. <laughs> I love it when you talk dirty to me, Steve. What did you have any thoughts about the uh, Xbox Scorpio yourself? Or I, yeah, I. My feeling is that it's it's still too early. Um, too early I, for it to be released, or well, too early for them to really show it off and get people amped on it. Um, I think that honestly, we're still seeing what these current systems can do. And I don't think the the count, like the number of games, is like or the libraries that are out there. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't think they're that expansive. That bringing out a whole new system right now um, would be smart, or even getting people to think about a new system right now. I think they might show it off, or maybe talk about what it's going to do and capabilities and whatnot. Mm. But um, I don't think they're going to do much on it. I was thinking about the, how a typical system's lifespan for the most part, is about five years. If right. you think about just when the the Genesis and the Super Nintendo came out and then when the, when they made the leap to um, the next platform, right. I mean, 
and then so on and so forth. Like, like they, it's always been about five years. And the one time that it didn't occur was with the, um, the Xbox 360 right. and the, the PS3. Yeah. Like we had those systems for almost a decade. Yeah, it was about eight years. Yeah, about eight years, eight or nine years, right around there before finally we got the PS4 and the Xbox One. And I remember um, being pretty done with those platforms just from a technological standpoint where I could tell that they had reached the max point for those systems where they couldn't push anything more. You know, I think actually GTA five was kind of the pinnacle for both systems in terms of graphic fidelity. And I was just ready for the next um, system, next generation to, to come out. And I, <laughs> I remember being so relieved when finally the PS4 and the, and the Xbox one made their grand debut. And it's so nice to see that once again, that they seem to have taken notes from that and, uh, now here we are, you know, from 2013 to 2017, that's five years. So, um, I just don't see it. I mean, there's, there's many games that come out where I'm just going, man, that looks so good. Like, I yeah. not, I'm not used to the next gen graphics yet. Rather as the Xbox six, uh, six, six, six 30. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, it was pretty obvious. You could see the limitations of the system. Great yeah. games were still flowing out of, of developers' offices, but at the same time, you're going, okay, I know the limits of the system. I'm ready for another one. I haven't, I don't think we've seen the limits to these systems yet. Yeah, I, I do think that they could probably squeeze a little bit more out of it. What is interesting, too, is there seems to be kind of a growing trend with these companies where they are, it's almost like they're copying the Apple model. You know, when you look, when you think of Apple, like with the iPhone, for example, they have a new release of their phone every year. And it doesn't mean that the, the phone that you have that's a year older or two years older or three years older doesn't work anymore. Right. But, but there is a difference in terms of performance as well as just, you know, other kinds of, of features that are exclusive because they're hardware based or whatever. But I feel like... Um, with Microsoft and Sony, they're they're beginning this trend where they're starting to release more systems um, that will be backwards compatible in terms of like like you can you can play the same game on, on Xbox One as you can Xbox One S as you can with the Xbox Scorpio and whatever the actual name's gonna be called. And I think, and I. <laughs> That would, that would make sense if they did it that way. I'm kind of conflicted if that is the case, because if they actually go to the point where like they're, they're introducing a new system every year, that would be overkill. And I don't think that they would necessarily do that, but I don't completely rule it out either just because I think that they're secretly in love with the kind of the, the gaming PC mentality of what, you know, PC gamers, they're, they're updating their, their hardware yeah. every year. Yeah. Constantly. And I think that, that they're interested in also trying to, to tap into that. And it, it makes sense just because when you think of like a PS4 or especially an Xbox One, I mean, they, each each iteration, each generation of the systems um, get closer and closer to that of a just a PC. Um, so that's, I don't know, I, for someone like myself and for you too, we've always been fans of getting kind of the, the latest, greatest systems in order to enjoy, you know, what the game has to offer. We don't want to have to compromise on our gaming options. That's always been kind of a, a bummer for me is that anytime I play a game on the PC, I never have the ability to be able to max out all my settings. I'm always having to compromise on something in order to, for the game to work. You know, you don't want it to run at five frames per second. And so I think that 
with the, the consoles, that's always been kind of the saving grace is that, you know, that like the consoles have a certain set amount of hardware um, capability that's there. And so as a result, then the developers just work around that. So the other thing I think about too, with the Xbox Scorpio is that <laughs> what will the price be? How much will it cost? Because the Xbox one, when it came out actually was significantly more expensive than the PS4. And that shot them in the foot. If you recall, because they were, they were boxing in the connect with it. Yeah. And that was one of the big no, no's. Yeah. Um, that's why I didn't get it until they, they didn't, Packed it in there. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And I think the Xbox one with the connect, I think that was, if I'm not mistaken, $500. I think it was actually more than that. Uh, I think I it was think right it was, at 500. Yeah. Because I remember the Xbox 360 was at 400. And so they, they jacked the price up to 500. Now I think that if they were to go higher than that, that's going to cause problems. I think that um, the gaming community just, yep. There, there comes a point where you're, you're just, you're reaching too high. And I think that whichever system has the lower price is going to win. Yep. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's gotta be marketed, right? I mean, it, it, the parents have to have it in their budget to buy it for the younger kids and everybody else has to find it in their budget to get it too. And if you, if your price is too high and no one buys it, well, I mean, good job. Everybody, it, you just made everyone's wish list and not everyone's home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious too, to see like what Sony will have to combat Microsoft because they know obviously that they're going to be having this big grand debut of the, the Xbox Scorpio and there's going to be a lot of um, pomp and circumstance surrounding that. And so what kind of counterattack, so to speak, will Sony have? And th these are the questions that are always fun to ask, you know, every year when this, this show comes around, it's like, okay, who's going to have the better show? Who's going to have the surprise announcements? Who's going to have the the locked up uh, exclusives that everybody wants? And it's just fun to speculate at this point in time. You know, side side note uh, or side topic. When you said pop and circumstance, it brought me right back to that Apple thing. Uh huh. Did you see the commercial that was before the thing started? Uh, the guy in the server room and uh, yeah. he's trying to plug something in. He ends up unplugging yeah. one. Yeah. Wasn't that? I mean that that set the narcissistic tone for the entire thing. It's like the whole world can't operate without an efficient Apple or like humanity can't really coexist or evolve without Apple. There, there was a, there was a <laughs> bit like, of that eh. in there, but I do, I, I did think it was amusing to watch just because I think that they were touching more on just how society civilization really has embraced the mobile platforms yeah, and how like it, you know, how would that look like if that was taken away? And so it was pretty funny, like with the, with the, the girl screaming out like, who wants my selfies? And she's holding like eight and a half by 11 pictures of herself. And just some of the more, um, kind of ridiculous notions of if you were to take something that's really popular on like an iPhone and then put it into some sort of alternate physical form, <laughs> you can see just like, I don't know. I think it drove the point home of just, how handy dandy your, uh, your mobile devices are, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're digressing we too much away here. Steve. Let's I get back on the commercial. E3. Yeah, sorry. My mind tends to wander. <laughs> I'll give you something to wander about. Let me see here. Just collect your thoughts there, Russ. Oh, so I do have a few other predictions. I think that Bioware has been a busy little B as of late. I have heard 
that they have been developing a game that has been coined as the Destiny Killer. Hmm. Which makes sense when you think about how, like, with their Mass Effect series, they've had um, some pretty tight combat, third-person combat, that sort of thing. Uh, we haven't seen very much with the first person, mind you, but I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna predict that that Bioware will have something that they will either they'll they'll either show it to the public or they'll show behind closed doors and we'll start the the hype train going. But if it's not that, then I think that they will have Knights of the Old Republic three. I think it is. I think they did one and two. I don't remember if they did three yet, but anyway, just a, a KOTOR sequel would be fantastic. I mean, think about the, having it on even just the Xbox one or PS4, just having that, that level of graphics fidelity and playing a KOTOR game. Cause the, the games back in the day were some of my favorite all time games. And I think that, that we are long overdue for that. When anybody puts something, something killer and you know, as they're marketing mm-hmm. to me that always goes, uh, it's not going to be as good. <laughs> I mean, cause they're already admitting that such, such and such is the standard that they're trying to reach to. Uh-huh. And so something like the destiny killer or the halo killer. I'm like, I don't remember when anything else had the name killer in it or the, the slogan of killer in it, that mm-hmm. it actually was better. That kind of makes me nervous. <laughs> Well, we'll see. I hope that we see something because I'd be curious to find out just what they've been up to. Some other predictions I have is I predict that we will see another Fable game. We are overdue for a Fable game. Yeah, that's another one they need to knock out of the park because that one's been dragging. Yeah, the the last Fable game that they made them for like the Connect or whatever it was that that was not very good. It's terrible. Uh, but I'm a big fan of the Fable series. Like I, I, I enjoyed Fable One. I loved Fable Two. Right. Fable Three was good, but Fable Two was like my my favorite of the series so far. And I would just really like to be able to return to that charming, enchanted uh, fantasy land. I do also predict that there will be another Tomb Raider sequel. I think there has been enough time that has passed since uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider came out that they will probably have another one. And if that if so, then that's great because. <laughs> that's yet another game rise of the tomb raider. I have not beaten yet. I'm still like in the throes of trying to get through everything in my ginormous stack of unfinished games. And then of course my prediction for actually for Sony in order to combat the Xbox Scorpio hype machine, I think that they are going to be relying on their naughty dog to have something, whether it's an Uncharted sequel or The Last of Us sequel, something from Naughty Dog that will allow a lot of the the Sony fans to be able to, to breathe a sigh of relief. Um, and especially considering that The Last of Us originally was, was on um, the PS3 during the last life cycle of PS3. So if they were to come out with a sequel for that, that would be pretty sweet. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any other predictions yourself as to what kind of killer apps might or might not be shown there, Steve? No, I think it's about it, right? I uh, kind of gave you my whole load there. <laughs> yeah. Ew. I got nothing else for you. <laughs> Although, um, what would be... Uh, no, they're not going to do it, I was going to say. I was going to mention The Witcher and... But no, they're, they're not, that's not going to be there. It'd be cool if they were, but they're definitely not. You didn't there. say that correctly, Steve. 
<laughs> what the? <laughs> the Wisher? There you go. <laughs> Love it. The Wisher. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm really excited about <laughs> being able to sit down with you and take a look at what is going on, at least for half of the shows that are going to be out and about. Mm. But it's going to be fun. Actually, you know what? Let me look at that schedule again. Oh, you know what, Steve? I had a fun plan for us for Ubisoft, but you're not going to be here. Hmm. Because, you know, my plan was that, you know, Ubisoft tends to have a little bit of a foul-mouthed host. Like, like, I mean, they they tend to have a tendency to really, I think they hold the record of most dropped F-bombs out of any press conference in uh, E3. And I was going to have a fun drinking game with you where like every time the host you know drops an F-bomb, we have to take a shot. Maybe we can find a way to still drink uh, on one of the other uh, one of the other press conferences, Russ. Be creative. Might be. I'll have to. I'm sure you can get a good excuse to down some good whiskey. Mm-hmm. I'll have to let that kind of marinate on my noodle for a bit. Thinking about... Uh, what was that? Full throttle. Ah, boo. <laughs> you know, they made a remake to that game and I have not bought it. I need to pick that up. Somebody put that entire game start to finish on YouTube. That takes, <laughs> that takes dedication right there. Yeah. I was watching it. I'm like, man, this brings back, man, this is so cool. And then by like 20 minutes, I'm going, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. For, did, it, did it hold up for you as much as your memory of it or it not? Was, it's so cool. That game was so stylized and everything. It, it brought me back to just that cinematic type of game yeah. where, you know, you had the, the mouse and just a couple keyboard clicks to do stuff and then you just watch it like it's a movie. Right, right. Good times. And, of course, Mark Hamill voicing mm-hmm. the, the main protagonist. Right. That guy, he's, 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 got some, he's got some voice talent there. He does. I don't think it was the protagonist. I think it was the antagonist. It was one of the guys in the limo. No, Mark Hamill was the uh, the biker. He was the main biker guy who he, who did he did that line that you just did, like the uh, or like when, when he's up on the door and he's knocking, he's, and they're like, "Who is it?" And he's like, "I got a pizza here for you." Yeah. <laughs> I didn't order a pizza. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But yeah, that was that was Mark Hamill. As it stands, I think we're going to go ahead and sign off on episode 12. As it stands in squats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as it uh, pops a squat and pinches a loaf. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we would love to hear from you guys. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to show us some love, you can find us on Twitter at TV. We're also on facebook.com slash TV, which, by the way, is a great resource for a lot of the content that we cover here on the show. We tend to post all kinds of uh, great little news headlines and tidbits and just fun geeky kind of stuff on there for you guys to consume and enjoy. Some goodies. We're also on soundcloud.com slash TV, and soon, in the not-too-distant future... We will have our official website that will be launched, and that will be a lot of fun as well. We'll get to more details as that materializes. But until then, stay off of page two. And until we talk to you next time, happy gaming. See you later.